them on, hit them up, hit them up, move them on, move them on, hit them up, roll high, cut them out, ride them in, cut them out, cut them out, ride them in. Hello and welcome to Unlicensed Entertainment. I am your host, Carl Entner. With me today is my special guest, uh, DJ O'Hay. Welcome. Can you hear me? Thank you for having me. All right. Sorry, I, yeah, screw- I, I already screwed this up, but let's keep on going. I was going to introduce you after I did the news on the show of what's going on with this episode, but I'm going to do it all out of order because I'm stupid like that. All right. So, for those of you who are regular listeners of the show, DJ O'Hay is not my wife, who is usually here every other episode. Uh, as I explained before, uh, she is now working two jobs, and for some reason she thinks that her jobs are more important than this podcast. So she is not able to do the show this week. Uh, hopefully we'll have her on next month, but I'm not going to guarantee a thing. Uh, basically it's probably going to be until after April that she's going to be on the show for sure. Maybe I'll squeeze her in eventually before that, but we don't know. Uh, but I'm very happy to have this guest on with me today. DJ, uh, was formerly a member of one of my, my second or third, I've done so many fucking podcasts that have ended. Uh, he's on one of my earlier podcasts as a regular contributing member. Uh, we were on a comedy team together for, uh, were you on for like 10 years with me? Just shy of 10 Just years. Just shy of 10 years. Uh, and then uh, we, um, then, uh, you know, we stayed friends for some reason. And uh, now uh, we are going to do this podcast episode. He's one of the most funny people I know. My wife considers him the more funny person in our in our comedy team that we were on. So uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Is there a delay? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Is there a delay? I feel like I'm getting uh, responses from you like five seconds late. I feel a small delay from you, too. Okay. Uh, We're going to re- come back in just a second. I'm going to pause this show. We're going to do something different. And we are back. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. Some technical difficulties of recording a podcast via Zoom. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't sound too jumbled and messed up for you guys. All right. So, DJ, uh, for those who do... You, uh, Sometimes I have podcast episodes where I cannot talk, and this is feeling like one of them where I'm going to be stumbling over my words and having a hard time saying shit. Yeah, so, you're, you're starstruck. I'm very you're starstruck. In all of my presence. Yeah, uh, I had this with you, and I had this with my wife's last podcast. So, you know, two people I'm starstruck equally infatuated from with. your wife. Yes. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, DJ made the artwork that goes for this podcast. Uh, he's a terrific artist. He also made, uh, my wife commissioned him to make a picture of me and her in a 007 gun barrel uh, symbol. Cannot talk. And I have that hanging up in my hallway. It's one of my favorite things that I own. Uh, He's very talented. Uh, So you can check that out. DJ, no, Ohay Illustrations on Facebook, right? Yeah, so Ohay Illustrations, you can find it on Facebook as well as Instagram. I I love your, your art. I think you get that like crazy. Uh, I gotta say one thing about your art that pisses me off. Okay, so I got married about two years ago almost, and uh, mm-hmm. I was very proud of my proposal. I thought I I thought I did a pretty good job. It, there's a nice story to tell. It's funny. Some people might say it's heartwarming. And I really loved that. And then you you did your fantastic proposal. You recently got engaged. 
And it just made all of us guys who aren't talented look like chumps. Can you tell us what you did for your, uh, your proposal that made you an asshole? Yes, um, I do want you to know the motivation behind it was not the love for my fiance. It was for spite of anybody who ever wants to make a proposal. I was like, no, I, I got to up this bar. So, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I know you very well. I knew that <laughs> uh, for our anniversary. Um, I started a, uh, a, a project where I was drawing my girlfriend at the time myself in a hundred different styles. And the whole idea was like at the end, she's no longer my girlfriend. Now she's my fiance. So a hundred different cartoon styles. It took three years because of work and everything else. I, I couldn't yeah, it was supposed all that to be, time it, to it. It was supposed to be a hundred pictures in a hundred days is what you stated. Yes. Originally it was a hundred pictures on a hundred days. And I, I, my spite for everyone trying to make a proposal as well as my uh, schedule didn't quite line up. Each drawing took me at on average 10 hours, some of them more, some of them less. Uh, so when I finally proposed to my fiance, I had to tell her like, look, because she was getting upset at me sometimes that, you know, like, I, I know it's coming, but when? She, um, so she didn't know out, this like, was leading up to it. Cause, yeah, I was. Because some people I know, but, like, they go, like, okay, I know we're going to get engaged here. Just you got to do it at a certain time. Like, I've seen some Disneyland ones where they know, but like, we ha you can't say the words until we're at Disneyland. This was not yeah. a Disneyland situation. You were at, she was no. in the dark of what this was. Yes. She, uh, so I did 100 different styles. Um, and she didn't know that was part of the proposal at the end. The last picture is, um, you know, that Disney short paper man. So instead of the paper airplanes, it's 100 drawings kind of flying around and, and the two of us. And it was really, and so I like, it was really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got to kind of brag to her, like how many people can say they spent a thousand hours on their proposal. And we went to the beach. I made a video of the whole thing. And I was like, Oh, did you see the last one? Cause she had been, looking at the picture. So she was like, Oh no, I didn't see your last one. So I was like, okay. And I take out the tablet. I was like, I kind of put in a video and she was like, Oh, and I could tell like, she was like, Oh, this is, this is it. You wanted to come to the beach. You wanted to show me here. And it's like the sun, sun setting on the beach. Um, she watched it and uh, yeah, I had to ask her, you know, like in the video, it says at the end, like, can I be your husband? And she was like, Oh, and she turns around and she's like, you dummy. And I was like, that's not a yes. You know, like, yeah, I need, I need that. Yes. And she was like, Oh yes, of course. And so as we're there, like dolphins showed up too. I was like, man, like this is, mm, I couldn't have planned the dolphins. This is incredible. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, now. Uh, all this planning and, and setting everything up, editing this video and putting it all together. And then right away, she's like, okay, what are we doing for a venue? What are we doing for this? I was like, whoa, why? Can I, can I catch my breath? Like, I've been already in this for a while. Yeah, like, I, I wanted... But no, I don't get to... I wanted to propose to you, but, like, get married is all other things. Sorry, there's some noise right. coming in the background. I'm adjusting DJ's volume, and it's making it be a little bit loud. But, yeah. 
Uh, that that's a, I love that story. I think you got the thing. The thing that bugs me is not that it's, you guys have a nice story. It's the fact that you did these 100 uh, drawings and they actually are really good. Like, I'll be 100% honest with you, and this might make me come across as a backhanded compliment. I thought you had your own style, and that's what you could do. And then I'm looking at these like, oh, yeah, he has his own style, but he could do someone else's either. Like, when we said he did 100 different styles, he basically, like, someone would go, he put up a suggestion box. Everyone's like, like, say, give me a suggestion of a, of a kind of art style you'd like. People go, like, Calvin Hobbes or Rick and Morty or something like that. And DJ would make that style and do it perfectly. It was fantastic. And, like, I loved watching it until I found out what it was. And then it was like, fuck you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Especially, like, uh, especially the fuck you. That's oh, the yeah. best part. Yeah, like, my, like my wife, I, I was so proud of mine. And she didn't even realize I was proposing. Like, I was so, I thought, it was, I'm going to tell a story because I haven't told it on here before. Yeah. So I'm, we're going to compete for these stories. Uh, you uh, got yeah. um, listeners vote votes, everyone. Yeah, send in your vote to who had the best proposal. So I had the idea when I wanted to get engaged. I had thought of this years ahead of time. DJ knows, so I told him what my plan was. That I was gonna our first kiss we ever had. We uh, threw a coins in the fountain, and I kissed her and I said, "That's what I wish for," because I'm a smooth motherfucker. And mm-hmm. so I had the idea we'll, we'll repeat that, except for it will be an engagement. But I didn't want her suspicious. So I was like, I told my friend uh, Chase, who you've had on the sh- that you've had on the show, I've had on the show before. And I was like, invite us out so that she's not suspicious of anything's up. Like, invite us out so that, uh, and then I'll just go like, oh, I have to pick up something on the way out to go go visit them. So I was like, uh, the fir- our first kiss was at a fountain that happened to be a Target parking lot, which works as Tasha loves Target like all white women do. And I was like, oh, hey, before we go visit Chase, uh, I need to stop at Target and pick something up. She's like, oh, I have to pick up some vegetables for work tomorrow. So why don't we do it after we hang out with them? That way the vegetables won't go bad. But Chase was waiting for us to meet up with them and be engaged. So I was like, no, that doesn't work. Vegetables will be fine. Let's just go to Target now. We'll pick them up and I'm sure they'll, they'll be fine. I don't want to go later. So like there's a fight. And then so uh, she's like, oh, okay, I guess. I don't know if they'll be that good. I was like, it'll be fine. And so we're driving there, and uh, she, like, talks a, a little bit about, like, coincidentally, uh, like, a failed proposal of a friend of hers. I'm, like, in my head, like, I'm shaking. And I'm, like, is she, is she saying, like, don't do this right now or something like that? Because until this point, I thought we were on the same page. But I was, like, okay, let's, we got to do this. And I park in the, in the Target parking lot, but I take a different entrance than I usually do because I want to be able to pass the fountain on the way t- into Target when we usually don't park by the fountain. And she's like, why'd you park so far? I don't want to walk this far. far. Can't we go a little bit closer? I was like, it's fine. I want to check something out over here. It's like, ah, okay, I guess. Start walking by. And I take her to the fountain. I go like, I give her a coin. And when I give her the coin, I think she figures it out that I'm proposing. Because like, I go like, remember our first kiss? And she's like, oh yeah, you, you threw the coin in the fountain. It's like, yes. So we go to the fountain. We throw our coins in. And I get on my knee. And she's just looking at the fountain. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I guess that had to be a little bit more obvious. So I uh, I go, hey, and she looks down, and then she finally gets it. And I say a speech, I say, um, uh, my whole life has been into, into two different time periods. One is before we, we were together, and one was when we were together. I never want to be in the times we're not together again. Something like that. It's been like two years. So I don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> will you marry me? And she goes, yes. And then she goes like, wait, is this a trick? So our, my proposal 
is was filled with arguing and thoughts of deception and just ruined a beautiful moment. But I was still proud of it because I thought it was a nice, well thought out thing. And but unlike DJ, I thought it just came to me, and uh, I didn't have to plan anything or do anything that much besides that moment. I didn't put in that much man out man hours. But oh yeah, and the ring didn't fit her finger. It was way too small. I I thought if I make it a little bit bigger, like two sizes bigger than my my ring finger, it'll work. Because uh, her finger's a little bit bigger than mine. No, it cannot get past, like, the first knuckle uh, nub of the of the hand. So it was ridiculous. But uh, still turned out okay. We're married now and everyone's happy. Although she's working, so she doesn't have to spend time with me. So happy, happy. I was half hoping the, the wish would be, like, what you wish for. And she turns to her, like, I'm just hoping the vegetables don't go bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That no. We then went to Target I, afterwards. And then she was like, then we were like, wait. This is a ruse. We don't really have to go to Target right now. We can visit our friends and then go. But sorry, what were you going to say? And so she got her wish. Yeah. She, her vegetables didn't go bad. <laughs> See, I don't, because as romantic as my story is, the, the leading up to it is always like, for some reason, I was like, oh, you want to go to the beach today? I had been asking her for a week, trying to just play it cool. She's like, Jesus Christ, what is with you? And the beach, it's December. <laughs> and I was like, but but we like the beach in the cold. So I was like, yeah, you know, get out, you know, like everybody is locked inside right now and nobody's at the beach. Let's let's go. She's like, oh my God, like he's he's gotta chill with this goddamn beach thing. So yeah, all the time before it's it's like wrangling a cat. You're like, hey, come on, this way. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do this. There's there's something over here. Like, no, nah, let's let's not today. I've never or, had to trick had to work to get Tasha to go to Target. She loves Target. <laughs> I have a problem getting her to leave Target whenever we go. I don't like shopping there with her because I want to grab my shit and go. I have a plan. She's like, oh, but I want to check this out. I mean, she hasn't been as bad since the pandemic because we're like, get in, get out, get on with our lives. <laughs> well, get on with not living. Uh, but before that, it's horrible. I hate going to Target with her. So it's ridiculous <laughs> that I had to fight with her on this. Okay, uh, back to regular scheduled show. That may not have oh, been yeah, entertainment stuff, but I found it maybe. Um, bleh, fucking hell! I'm gonna count, count it out every single time that I cannot talk. Uh, so let's get back onto the track with the show. Mm. Besides doing great illustrations, which by the way, can people uh, commission you to do stuff, or are you closed on su- submissions right now? Um, at the moment, I'm open. Uh, I do get overwhelmed with them a lot and I have a lot of side projects. So it's, it's always a finite window. If you follow me, I make announcements when I'm open again for commissions. I'm currently open. So yeah. It's O'Hey Illustrations. O, uh, apostrophe H-E-A Illustrations. Uh, what's the price for this? Because people got to know, you are not going to get paid in exposure. You are going to have to pay him with actual money. No, uh, it depends on like what you want. So it ranges, but yeah, they, they're not cheap. And I had to like stop making them so cheap because I kept getting so many commissions that I could never work on other stuff. So I had to keep upping the price. <clears throat> so they're not super cheap, like full background color. Um, usually couples want them together or somebody will commission like, oh, get my boyfriend a girlfriend. So that's usually if it's single, nobody says like, I want a picture of me by <laughs> myself. Um, it's always as a gift, but they they range um, usually between 100 to 
Okay, yeah, and that, that's fair because he's putting a lot of effort and time into these things. Uh, you charge Kelsey for all 100 of those pictures, right? Yep, I'm a bank. I'm <laughs> ready to, to dress to the nines for this wedding now. <laughs> okay, and also, uh, very recently, you started your own podcast, so now you can actually come on this podcast and advertise your podcast. You say it told me it was called Fallen in Love With dot dot dot. Uh, tell me about that mm-hmm. podcast. So um, there was this article released or this list released. Um, it was the 36 questions that lead to love. And uh, I, you know, I keep hearing all these different like great interview shows and everything. I was like, I'm not a good interviewer. I don't come up with clever questions. I'm just going to steal this one. So what it is, is uh, during the whole thing, I'm just asking the same 36 questions. Um, and it's not just, they're not just quick yes or no questions. It's a, a deep dive. Well, hopefully it'd be a very short podcast. It's like 36 questions. Oh yeah. Yes, no, maybe done. Uh, there's there's multiple choice. So it's ABA, CCC. Um, very so, dull, but short podcast. <laughs> very informative. Um, so I interview different people. Um, and then I post it right now. It's they're They're just going on YouTube because there's a little bit of a visual aid to it. Uh, I'll do a little short intro animated bit for them. And then the rest thing is a speed drawing of different drawings that I do of them. So like, um, the first one, uh, is a voice actress who, um, want to be drawn as Harley Quinn and, Raven. So those are the first two episodes because they have to be broken up. They are really long. So mm-hmm. it's about 20 minutes long each episode. So I'll do nine questions per one. Man, this is, I, I, I oversold the, the concept. Uh, the, uh, so when you, you see it, you'll see a speed drawing of me drawing Emily Rose as Harley Quinn in the next episode as Raven. And the next one is Batgirl. She really liked DC. So that's what they are. And you just kind of watch, um, you can watch this illustration go on while listening, or you can just have it on in the background while you're hearing these stories from, uh, different, usually performers or just average people. Cause average people are so interesting. We always give all this credibility to like celebrities and like, Oh, they're so fascinating. Like they're just average people, like listen to anybody's story. And there's something interesting about them. I mean, that's why I do on your average, not at all interesting to other people, but I know deep down, mm-hmm. if you read between the lines, you're saying something people might want to someday hear, possibly, maybe. Absolutely not. I'm the except. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah, of course. Because there's yeah. nothing interesting about me. So you were wrong. You've landed a dud for this episode. Well, I mean, you're welcome. I'm practicing. I'm just practicing on my interview skills because I don't have a set <laughs> of questions to ask. So I just go like, okay, maybe I can learn how to do an interview. So I'm trying on a dud. Yeah. Do. Uh, do what I do. Steal. Stealing, stealing's great. Yeah, I guess. I uh, just stole my questions. Yeah, yeah you've st- sort of stole a style of podcast because I've seen um, Andy Richter has a podcast where he has the same three questions each episode, and that's his podcast. You just that you just up the yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm stealing all these concepts. No, I seriously, I think that's a great idea. So all these questions, what do you mean lead to love? Like, are you talking about how they fell in love? Or what does that mean, lead to love? 
So they're, they're personal questions. And when they came out, they're like, these are not your average, like, what's your favorite movie? You know, it's um, things like, what have you always wanted to do with your life? And why haven't you done them? You oh, know, shit. like that question. So there's, there's a bit more of the mechanics into it. And it's supposed to just be a way to get to know someone. Um, and I just... I mean, they, they, they claim they lead to love, but I think it leads to a deeper knowing of someone. I, know, just, uh, I know, and, I just felt and, personally attacked by that question. What do you want to do with your life and why haven't you done them? Felt like an attack. Has anyone responded that oh, way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, that question never goes well. No, uh, <laughs> no they, they usually say like uh, pretty heartwarming things. Like, I want to know I made people happy and I haven't done because the answer hasn't landed on my lap yet you know it's it's not an answer that i'll get today um usually the questions beforehand are a little bit more lighthearted before they start attacking you okay what are you doing with your life well i guess they took it like yeah because that's how i took it is what are you doing with your life not like oh they're the way you say they answer it sounded like more like uh they took it uh symbolically i'm more like why why haven't you uh, gone out there and followed your dreams? Yeah, it's supposed to be more like, what have you always wanted to do that you have not done yet? And why haven't you done something like, usually, I guess more frivolous things are like, oh, I guess I always wanted to sk- skydive, but it's expensive or something along those lines. Okay, well, I've done that, so I'm good. I've done everything so, yeah, I need to do. Yeah, I'm done. Now. Yeah. I can just die. Yeah. Should be that hard during these times. Well, I, I think that's a I think it's a really interesting idea for a, a visual podcast or YouTube series. I'm not sure what you would call that. If it's not a if it's not like audio only, is it a podcast? I don't, people, I never called it a podcast. Other people did, so I'm like, okay, yeah, it's it's an interview. It's it's audio driven. Um, yeah, because your your drawing is not neither you are on camera, right? It's just a, the drawing. Correct. Okay, then yeah. that, that that is a, that's a very podcasty. I can see that. Mm-hmm. You just can't listen to it on your pod. Well, I guess nowadays, like, I'm the only person that has an iPod. Everyone else has, like, an iPhone. <laughs> I can't get rid of that technology. I love an iPod. I don't want, I don't want to go streaming only. Okay. Uh, that's awesome. Let's get into um, last week. I started – oh, not last week. I didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, last episode, I started a new segment where I go over my thoughts on some recent entertainment that I've partaken in recently. How many times did I say recently there? This is such a professional podcast. Why am I not blowing up? I should at least be bigger than Chris D- D'Elia. He's a, he's a freaking uh, pedophile. I can at least, I can get some listeners for my my drivel. Okay. Uh, so I, I want to talk about some of the stuff I recently partook partaken in. Fuck this episode. <laughs> All right. So this is the first episode of the Biden era. Every episode we've done before that has been underneath Trump. And you might wonder, what does Biden have to do, what does politics have to do with this podcast? And I have to say, I think it's very irresponsible of Biden to allow this podcast to continue under his administration. I understood Trump doing it. Trump's lazy. Trump's into harming people. But Biden didn't do an executive order first thing in the office We have to stop this podcast. The guy can't talk. He's making friends and family members listen to this drivel. 
So he stopped making them suffer. At least the people who, who care enough about him to pretend to want to listen to the show. He's making them listen to like maybe 20 seconds, so 20 minutes. So at least go, yeah, remember that time you talked to that artist dude? That was my favorite episode when that's all they listened to. Why are we making him suffer with this? Biden should shut me down or replace me with Anna Kendrick. That should be the, she should be the I new host think, of the show. But he hasn't. I think since your last episode didn't happen, he thought maybe you bailed with Trump. Oh, no, I do them every other week. I just, I said, I announced it wrong when I was explaining. So I don't do one. I wasn't supposed to do one last week. So your, your, your theory of, uh, of him being in the like accidentally getting the schedule wrong is completely irresponsible. Yes, I should stop defending this man. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry. He's he's already shit the bed. Yeah, he arrived to the party, put up his coat, went to the guest's bedroom, hopped under the sheets, shit the bed, and uh, just hightailed it out of there. Yeah, uh, way to fuck it up, Biden. Yeah, I'm ready to go to Congress and file articles of impeachment because he is harming. Mm-hmm. Counted five Americans at least. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. It's it's cruel and unusual punishment. And very much in the Constitution, we, we state no cruel and unusual punishment, yeah. right? Yeah. My dad listens to this show. I'm sure he doesn't want to do this. But he's like, I have a son and I have to be supportive. That's how my dad talks. And instead, Biden, she's like, have you heard this podcast? Have you heard about this? We got to keep this thing going instead of letting it go. It's ridiculous. See, see I think the, the element that would make this podcast work is if you were drawing during it. Oh, yeah, so you're right. They, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it's missing. That is definitely what it's missing. Maybe then it wouldn't be torture. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my first thought. I have a few things this week. So, uh, a lot of things came to mind. Uh Another thing I realized recently that for one thing, I'm going to continue until Biden stops me or until Anna Kendrick shows up to replace me. Uh, <laughs> I, I recently uh, came to realization, bleh, really realized that I came to realization. Seriously, don't listen to this podcast for the incredible verbiage. I do not have a great vocabulary, apparently. Uh, that Nintendo is terrible with their names of their products. Now, maybe this isn't a new idea, but I realized it firsthand in an expensive way this week. Uh, I want to play an old uh, an old video game uh, called Earthbound. And uh, the only way you could play it is if you get like an old SNES or you get a Wii U or a new 3DS XL. Now, it's like the cheapest one of those that I can get is a new 3DS XL. So I went out and I went on eBay and I bought it for $120 and then I was going to buy that game for $10 that I wanted to play. And it turns out new is actually part of the product name. See, Nintendo's fucking stupid with this. They came out with the Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, Nintendo 3DS XL, and then the new Nintendo 3DS XL. I bought the Nintendo 3DS XL, which does not play the game I wanted to play. I needed new. New should never be a part of a product name because guess what? It's not always going to be new. A hundred years from now, it's still going to be called the new 3DS XL, but it ain't going to be new. And I got fucked over because I wasn't following along with the story. And come to think of it, they they were starting to go down this line with Wii too because they had the Wii and then the Wii U. What do you think just the Wii and the Wii U are basically the same thing? They're not. 
So I was pissed I spent that much money on something that can't even do what I wanted to do. So fuck you, Nintendo. Yeah, I was expecting uh, Nintendo to come out with, like, the there's the Wii U, and now there's the Wii Me, and the Wii Us. I was expecting some way going down that line. Yeah, yeah they really I, switched I things up know. there. What? See, I did, uh, they really switched things up there. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Because the new system, it's called a Nintendo Switch. Switch. Yeah. And the Switch. Uh, yeah, and then the new switch. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, but uh, I'm gonna continue down the line of Nintendo because Nintendo has given me a lot of thoughts recently. So oh, okay, my wife has uh bought a Nintendo Switch this year during the pandemic. She uh, we never owned a Nintendo system before this, and so I'm getting caught up on Mario games. I've like I used to play them when I go over to visit a friend or something like that. But you never really get the full experience until you own a game and you sit down and play them for a long time. Not just 10 minutes and then hand off the controller. So I've been going through all the Mario games I can get my hands on. I fucking love Mario. But I've come to the realization that the character Toad, the little mushroom guy, and all his people are horrible, horrible dicks. And I have three game examples to give this to you for. So the first one, they recently came out with Nintendo uh, Mario 3D All-Star. Not 3D All-Stars. They came up with a, with a three-pack of games from them, uh, Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. And I, so I decided to play uh, Mario 64. Great game. Still good. And in this game, you, you, you play around in, in Peach's castle to try to unlock things with stars in order to save Peach from Bowser, who's hiding her somewhere inside of a painting. And the only way to open up new levels is to get more stars. Now, Toad is in this game in three different positions. And he in each of these positions... He is holding a star that can help you save the kingdom and everybody in there. And you could be in the same room as him, staying right by him, but unless you talk to him first, he's going to be passive-aggressive and not give you a star that he is holding. Everybody could be in trouble. The world could be ending. He has the key to it, but he's going to be like, Nah, man, unless he talks to me first, I ain't doing nothing. Like a little bastard. That's so fucking passive-aggressive. Yeah, um, he, it sounds like he's the Biden of the Mario world. Yeah, he's just letting everything go bad. He's, yeah, he's let this shit go on for way too long. Uh, but sir, you could be in the same room with, I, I, like, I didn't know he did anything, so I was like, I'm not going to talk to this guy. And then, like, <laughs> later on, this dude. and then later on, like, I found out if you talk to him, he'll give you a star. But he won't go up to you. He knows you're trying to save the day. Maybe, okay, I'll give him this one. Maybe he didn't know what you're doing. You go up to him one time, and then you realize, oh, you want a star? I got a star for you. But then you go into later areas. He should be all like, oh, there's Mario. I should give him that star so he could save the day. But he pulls that shit again. He's not going to talk to you unless you talk to him. That's passive aggressive. Yeah, it's this weird. Like, if you came on, and you're like, I'm not going to talk to the guy. He seems like an asshole. And you're like, I have to talk to him. And you discover, oh, he's an asshole. He could, he could help me save the day. And he's hoarding these stars just so he feels like he participated in some way. It's like, dude, I was right. I was right not to talk to you because exactly. you're an asshole. Yeah. But I have to. All right. So toad. that's Mario 64. That's the first example. The next example is from uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King. Now, in this game, one of the things you're supposed to do is you are supposed to save as many uh, Toad and his people as you can. They're all hidden throughout the hundreds of them. Are hidden throughout the game and when you save them they show up in stands like when you get into a fight it's like a turn-based 
uh, RPG kind of battle thing. When you fight a bad guy, you're suddenly inside of a stadium. And in the stadium, there are toads sitting there. As many as you save, the more they fill up the stadium. Now, if you throw out money up to $1,000, there's three tiers uh, of how they'll help you, like $300, $600, and $1,000. If you throw out money, they will help you with health or throw something at the bad guy or tell, give you some steps to make the battle easier. Otherwise, they won't do shit. You spend the game saving hundreds of these guys. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds of them. There are so many hidden there. And they will not help you in a fight. If you are dying, one of the things they could do is they could throw you health. If you are dying, you are Mario, you are saving the kingdom. And the bad guy's plan in Origami King is to wipe out all of the Toad people. If you are dying, they will not come and help you out unless you throw them some money. It So, like, I'm trying to, like, think of an allegory. Like, so I'm injured. I'm in the hospital and a doctor wants to save me, but he won't do it until I pay him. <laughs> I'm just... Here's the difference, though. Imagine if you just saved that doctor's life. Somebody was mm. trying to kill him. You stopped that guy. You stopped, you jumped on his head and squished him until he disappeared. And then you're like, dude, I saved your life, but there's another guy coming and I am dying here. I got stabbed. Can you patch me up? And Dodger goes like, sure, as long as you pay me. Okay, so it's the, the reverse. I'm the doctor and I have to pay to save someone's life. I I mean like Yeah, true. It goes it goes both ways. Yeah. Or unless they're hoping someone else will show up later. But Mario's always the guy yeah. who saves the day. And there's like, fuck you. I know we're all gonna get wiped out, but I don't care. I want money. At least War like Wario gets a bad rap for being the greedy guy in these games, but at least Wario is honest about what he wants. He wants money. Everybody loves Toad. Toad is like when you play Mario Kart, at least when I was younger, when you played it with a girl, they always went for Toad or Yoshi. Because they're the cute ones. But uh, he's not so fucking cute. He's an evil, greedy motherfucker who pretends to be nice. I would rather hang out with a guy who's honest about wanting my money than with the guy who acts like he's nice but won't fucking do anything unless you pay him. This... This... Passive aggressiveness has gone on for too long from the Toad people. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they all look like little butt plugs that and which are always adorable i mean i yeah. can't pass a bus plug without going that is so cute girls are always shoving them up their butts when they see him whenever i'm around at least ever since i was little uh because they're mm -hmm. just so, them and yoshi they shove them up their butts yeah uh yeah. They're just cute but now we find out when they're up inside your ass they're digging around for gold that's all they want <laughs> Okay, and the last example I have, uh, so I recently got the, the 3DS, and I couldn't play the games I wanted, but I found some cool Mario games that I'd never heard of before that also are RPG-based. In the one I'm playing right now, Bowser is tricked into uh, eating some food that makes it so he inhales everything inside the kingdom. In he inhales Peach, Mario, Luigi, and all the toads that are inside the castle go inside his belly. And the... And when you're playing Mario, you're trying to find a way outside of Bowser's stomach. Meanwhile, the Toads found a whole shit ton of supplies. And you find them inside the belly, and like they had opened up stores. So if you need, uh, need health, need armor, uh, need some tea that heals you, 
sure, go inside, talk to them. But again, you got to pay them. They had, oh, you were inside their belly. There are like five people inside there besides the toads. And so the only customer is going to be Mario Luigi, who's working to get them out of there. And they don't give a fuck. They're still going to charge you. And they seem to have unlimited supplies. Because I spent so much money inside there, and they're still like, still got more to go. That's ridiculous. See, it's going back to the butt plug theory. Yeah. They probably have been up there, so they've already opened the shop. Like, when they yeah. got inhaled, they go, we've never gone in this way. They couldn't uh, find gold, but they found supplies to charge yeah, for gold. They, they build a community there. You know, and now I'm starting to think maybe they planted Bowser's inhale conundrum. You know, it's like, hey, if we get this guy to draw everybody else in, they got nowhere else to shop. I mean, I haven't finished the game yet. That would be a weird twist. So far, it seems like I know who the bad guy is, but it could, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe the bad guy is secretly a toad. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. If, you want, if you want to see them be completely the most evil Bowser's inside's tale, it's ridiculous. All right. Oh, and I wanted to add one more thing uh, that I didn't have on our show list that I just remembered that I want to talk to you about before mm -hmm. we get into entertainment news, which is, I think this is the longest I've gone without doing entertainment news, but fuck that. This is my show. We keep on going because I got a lot of verbiage to use because I am very verbose and brilliant and stuff. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, you recently told me that uh, during this pandemic, you have started playing video games, which is something you haven't done before. Yeah. So I want to give you a recommendation uh, because I think a lot of people will like this, but I think this fits in with your sensibilities a lot. This game is available on pretty much any platform. I think it originally was Steam. I played it on uh, PlayStation, but it's good on every almost every platform. It is a game called Undertale. Now, here's the thing, reason why I love this game so much. It has a very different game mechanic than I've ever seen before. So it's a role-playing RPG turn-based battle system, except in this one, you have, the, you have three different routes you could take. You could do genocide route, where you try to kill everything in the game. You could do uh, the mixed route, where you uh, kill some. And then you could also do uh, the pacifist route, where you kill nobody. And the way you do this is you have strategic... Uh, talking commands or body movements that you can do, uh, which I love. So, like, in this game, you follow down a hole and you find discover this world full of, of talking monsters. And what you do is, when you get into a fight, you talk or do different thing, gimmicks to try to get them out of killing you. And my favorite one is you meet these two uh, dogs, with, well, dog-headed people. So they have human bodies, but the, the rest of their body is people. And when you're fighting them, you, you convince them that you yourself are a dog and then you pet them, and you blow their minds because these dogs never realize that another dog could pet another dog. And so, like, that's... And there's just given us like that. It's very funny and heartwarming if you go the pacifist route. If you go the genocide route, it goes very dark. I didn't play that route, but I looked it up on YouTube. It goes very dark. Uh, and it's It was all made by this one guy named Toby Fox. All the character designs are made in paint, so it looks kind of ugly. But it fits with the tone and feel of it. And it's only like five, six hours long. And you, like, you even have to do uh, some dates with some of the monsters to, to get the pacifist route. Because you have to get the really on their good side. And it's so funny and so heartwarming. It's got a great story. If you want to get the full story, the full good story, go the pacifist route. It's one of the best games I've ever played. I'm going to check that out. But now you put a fear in me. You know, everybody's afraid of like zombie apocalypse or 
you know, there's going to be some sort of outbreak. I'm now afraid dogs are going to learn how to pet each other and they're not going to need us anymore. I mean, that's a very big possibility. Yeah, this, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I can handle this game now. That is, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, um, I never thought about that way. My dogs. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. But yeah, everyone check that out. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's so funny and cute and means something. Uh, okay. So now let's get into entertainment news. Uh, which, by the way, uh, oh, I need to get pulled up. You might cry during that game. I know some people have. I have not, but it was very good. Okay, so first thing I want to talk about is, again, the James Bond movie No Time to Die has been moved again from its release date. I really need to stop posting on this, but I'm getting optimistic. This one's the one that's going to work because it was recently set to come out in April. That's not going to happen. We're just getting the vaccination program going. It's not going to happen. They've announced that it is now intended to come out in October 2021. It's a little bit risky, but I'm willing to give, give in to hope that it's coming out that time. Do you think you're going to... They... Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and do you know if they want to exclusively release it in theaters? As of right now, gonna... that's why they keep on moving it, is because they plan on, on doing it just in theaters. They're not doing the Warner Brothers route. And I want that because I'm willing to wait. This is Daniel Craig's last time as Bond. I don't want to see it on my TV screen. It needs to be on the big screen. They can start filming the next James Bond movie, get cast and everything like that going, because we need to get going on this shit. Maybe have one ready to go next year if they get it on it fast enough. But uh, I want to see Daniel Craig's last outing on, on the big screen. Uh, here's something I, I want to believe, but I'm not sure I am. I, I saw it on multiple sites, and I, so I usually don't work stuff like this if I'm not confident of it. But I saw it on so many sites. Uh, so I was a big fan of the, the Charlie Cox Daredevil Netflix series. I thought it was uh, mm -hmm. it's what got me into comic books. I didn't read comic books until I watched Daredevil, and then I was like, okay, I have to get his backstory because he's so fucking cool. Uh, so and then I read pretty much everything in Daredevil and have multiple shirts and he's the coolest. Uh, they have reported that not only is he supposed to be in Spider-Man three, but that he's already filmed his part. Charlie Cox. Oh. So the one for the next book series, from what I've heard, is in the new Spider-Man. I don't think I'm gonna believe it until I see it, but I want to believe. Because, like, Marvel, it felt like they were intentionally ignoring all Marvel shows. Yeah, they were. Like, all Marvel-based. Yeah, like, they, they were, in, like, I felt bad because I was kept, I, I didn't really follow um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I kept hearing stories where, where they were trying to develop these stories, and then another movie would come out that would totally negate what they were building towards. Like, okay, let's keep writing around this, you know? I will say this, uh, like, like during the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it felt like they really got fucked over by the movies because, like, they started a show called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then Captain America uh, Winter Soldier came out and S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. went under. And they're like, okay, we're, like, eight months into the series. I guess we've got to figure out a way to make this work. It actually made the series good. Until that point, it wasn't that good. That went, won me over. Uh, but then after that, they never really could seem to find the right balance in that. And then if, I'm not sure if you finish the series or not, so I'm not going to ruin anything, except for the fact that after the snap from Infinity War, they mentioned Thanos uh, in in their, their season finale. But when they came back the next season, 
which only takes place like a year later, not five years like Endgame said, uh, they just mm-hmm. act like nothing happened. They disregard it completely and just move on in their own thing. And uh, Thanos never was a thing. They no longer connect to the movies. Maybe they're like, you keep ignoring us. We're going to ignore you. I think Even it's like how re- definitely outweighing the other. I think they basically went like, there's no way we can do this. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> if we have to wait for half of our cast to just disappear for five years. Uh, but I thought that was uh, I thought that was funny with them. Uh, why did I exit out? Okay. Uh, last episode, I talked about how uh, I'm not sure if you're a big fan. Are you a fan of Moon Knight? I, I dig him. I haven't read any of Moon Knight's solo stuff. Only when he's been a cameo in okay. other comics. I'm about the same. Well, he's going to have a Disney Plus series. Oscar Isaac is going to play him. We talked about that last week. Uh, but now they have uh, cast the villain who's supposed to play off- opposite him. And Ethan Hawke is going to be the villain of Moon Knight. I think he's a great actor, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. He'd right. be Hawkman. He'd be Hawkman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wrong universe. I mean, it's from DC, Yeah. why not? Why don't you know this stuff? Oh, I'm going to get so many angry emails. Uh, let's see. I'm not finding anything angry in this week. Oh, here's one. Now, I'm not a big fan of the DCEU, where the fuck it is. They made, like, two really good movies, and the rest of them... Are, are bad what are just okay really good movies shazam and wonder woman which wonder woman i didn't say 84 i said wonder woman <laughs> i enjoy 84 don't get me wrong there are some other movies i think are are okay i thought wonder woman 84 was okay i thought aquaman was okay i think uh man of steel is very stupid but i do like it uh but everything after that is just crap uh, well, they have just announced that they're going to make uh, they uh, HBO Max said they were going to be releasing uh, the Snyder Cut of uh, of that show of Justice League on their on their streaming service, and they said it was going to be a four part miniseries. Which I was like, look, I'm going to watch this because I watch everything DC, but as long as they're cutting it up into four part miniseries, at least they make it digestible for me. Well, Zack Snyder said, no, that's no longer going to be the case. It's just going to be a four hour movie. Fuck that shit. It's going to be a four-hour miniseries for me. I don't. I could barely finish watching one of his movies. He's, he's the worst director. I don't get why he has these fanboys. He's the worst director. He can make things visually good, but he always has his hands on the script, and he doesn't know how humans interact. I thought it was funny that he when he directed um, Man of Steel, because the big thing in my head when you think Zack Schneider, I think the slow-mo. Yes. You know, the big action, like, ooh. And I was like, oh, that really works for Man of Steel because he kicks into super speed all the time. So this would be really cool. And then no slow-mo, super close. And as it's going on, I was like, I have no idea who's throwing blows right now. This is a big blur. Like, this was the the time to abandon your your shtick. It would have worked for this one. Yeah. Oh, man. I I still enjoyed the action in in Man of Steel, even though there's so much nonsense in there. Uh, like Lois Lane, which is a weird character, just happened to be in the right place at the right the right time, and things worked for her that shouldn't have worked for her. Also, the bad guys want to make Earth like Krypton's environment, but on Earth they have superpowers, so why would they want to make it like Krypton's environment? Yeah, like their whole plan doesn't make any fucking sense. And then his dad's like, "Don't save me! I'm just gonna stand here and get blown away." 
Why couldn't they just yeah, have like? No. Why couldn't they just have Clark go out there and act like he's fighting against it, and, but n- not fly or anything like that? Just mimic a regular person fighting against the wind. They had to go like, no, just let your dad die. That makes sense. It's all so right. fucking yeah. stupid. It. I remember seeing it. I think the day it like premiered, and I went with a bunch of friends. Like a whole, we took up a whole row. And each ridiculous thing happened, all of us would lean in and look at each other down the row. Like, we all agree, this is this is ridiculous. This is bad. And the one thing that we nobody said anything on, we all looked at each other, was, you know, when they're encased? Like, oh, Zod and stuff like that. We all looked at each other, and we all could hear each other's thoughts. Those look like dicks, right? <laughs> they look... It's not just... It's not just phallic, but the base is very ball-shaped, too. Like... Did nobody point to Schneider and just say, like, hey, dude, those are dicks. Those are, str-. like, my girlfriend has that one. That exact that one, one that you're encasing Zod in. <laughs> that exact dildo right there. That is the shaft. Um, but I could have watched the entire thing just be about uh, Jarl. Jarl. I thought the beginning ass. was fantastic. Yeah. On, on Krypton. I was like, oh, the whole thing. I kind of thought, <laughs> my theory behind it was, Somebody came up to Russell Crowe and they're like, okay, so you're a scientist and everything. They're going to come in. They're just going to put a stop to you. He's like, no, I'm going to kick their ass if they come near me. No, 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 that's That's not the scene. You know, you're just a scientist. You're going to, you know, he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to beat the shit out of anybody who tries to lay a hand on me. So they like, okay, just roll it, roll it. He's going to jump onto a monster. He's just going to go crazy. Yeah, that, that's, uh, the, I bet the monster wasn't even really CGI. I bet he just found a monster to jump on. That's how Russell Crowe works. Kind of blow your mind uh watch it and think is this an allegory for pro-choice it sounds like a weird thing but as you watch it it's like he's got all of the dna of the kryptonians and they're like oh we need to extract that he's like no it's it's my decision and you're like is this an allegory for something huh, I, don't, I don't know I, I just can't believe that uh that snyder thinks of anything smart no, I don't think he did it intentionally. Oh, okay. Part of me does not think that at all. I'm just saying it's a fun watch when you're like, is there some weird message in here? Maybe accidentally, yeah. Yeah. Like, but I that movie's fucking stupid, but I enjoy it, even though it's really stupid. So when I saw the reviews for Batman v Superman, and every, all the reviews were terrible for it, I was like, look, it's not going to be that bad, because Man of Steel was fun, but stupid. And then I watched... Batman v Superman, which in my opinion is the worst thing in the DC Extended Universe. And I was like, what the hell happened here? They got nothing right. It was just painful. And boring. Boring. Like, I can't really... Yeah. How they like, could that, have... That's the biggest crime. Because with Man of Steel, it wasn't boring. No. It wasn't good, but I was like, I'm still... I could rewatch this and have fun. They... That one, I was like, I just... You, you have to try hard to make people not care about a movie with Batman v Superman. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's an that's easy win concept. There should be no problems with that. And they made it so boring. They had to see where fucking Lex Luthor gave a judge piss before he blew her up. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's so bad. Uh, we're getting way off topic here. But the DC Extended Universe sucks. And I do not want to see this Justice League. But I'm going to go see it anyway. Um, oh, here's some news to piss you off. Now, usually I don't do anything like this. It's kind of a uh, gossipy uh, because this is not that kind of show. But I feel like th- uh, this is so fucking stupid 
that I have to bring it up. And it's with the guy I used to be a big fan of. And then as the years have gone on, he's become more and more of a dick. Uh, it Bill is Cosby. Br- no, I still love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> still turning out the hits. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis. Mm, so, oh, God, that guy is kind of gone off the deep end. Yeah. So recently he was caught, uh, he was kicked out of a, a, a Rite Aid or, or Walgreens. I'm not opening up the story <laughs> again. But one of those pharmacies because he refused to wear a mask. Bruce Willis is an anti-masker asshole. And so and then late, later on in the week, I'm sure it was his, his, uh, his press uh, person or whatever. His pul- uh, what the fuck do they call it? I'm blanking. PR guy. PR guy. Publicist. Publicist, yeah. Came out and said, uh, there was like a written apology saying, I made an error in judgment. That's not me. Uh, everyone should wear a mask. I'm like, dude. We are so far into this pandemic, you don't just forget to wear a mask. And also, they were asking you multiple times to put on a mask, and you refused. You're just upset that you got some flack. You weren't treated like a celebrity. Yeah. Look, he may have made some of the greatest action films ever made. That's fine. But he's also made some of the shittiest ones. Yeah. What have you done for me lately, Willis? Because right now, you're just a fucking (laughs) dick. And he's got such this ego about him. I think, like, back in the day, what made him likable, and he was my favorite action star for a long time, what made him likable is that he came across as the everyman. Sure, he was an action hero, mm-hmm. but he felt like a real person, unlike Schwarzenegger, who just felt like the action star. And But now the more that comes out about how Bruce Willis is as a person, the less he feels like an everyman to me. It kind of ruins what he had going for him. So now he's just a douchebag, and when I see him in movies, I see a douchebag. I still enjoy Die Hard, but there's a little bit of, oh, he's a fucking douchebag. This douchebag got to work with Alan Rickman. Why is he wasting Alan right. Rickman's ha- time? He only had so much time, and he got to waste some of it with, with this asshole. And what I think is uh, uh, frustrating, because I was watching this whole thing on like um, Clint Eastwood and him talking about like men being men and stuff like that. And although this, like, uh, uh, you know, toxic masculinity yeah. images of, like, manliness, I was like, for every movie star that does that, I want to just say, like, every movie you work on, you put, you had makeup applied to yes. you. The thing that you're talking shit on right now is men wearing makeup. And you, you did it for a job. You got paid to do it, and you did it. And then you went and played make-believe. Yeah. You went and played pretend, something that a lot of people grow out of. And you're getting paid to do it, and yet you're passing judgment. No, no, no. I think a lot of these guys you know, confuse themselves with their characters. Because Clint Eastwood oh, plays yeah. a badass on screen, but I'm sure there are a lot of uh, more of a lot of people out there that are way more badass than Clint Eastwood ever was in real life. But he has a cool voice. Mm-hmm. He has a cool look. And don't get me wrong, I give him a little bit of of of, of slack because he's old as shit, and he's from a different time. Uh. He's very he's very talented, but uh, yeah, he's just he's just wrong. Bruce Willis, I give a lot less slack for because he's older, but he's not like old man Willis, and he's been being a dick to everybody for for more than a decade now. Yeah, like the the dude I would probably say like that dude I admire is like Jason Momoa. Oh man, he's only badass, but also kind of at least so far coming across as a great guy who has causes that yeah. he cares about and will stand up for. He was like, I'm not going to film any of Aquaman 2 until this cause I care about is, is dealt with. And I thought that was cool. 
can't remember the cause. That's why I'm being vague as fuck. <laughs> but I respected that he did that. And the thing is, I like him so much. Like, there hasn't been too many projects that I've seen him in that I was like, I love this thing he did. Like, like you said, Aquaman was like, okay, I wanted to like it even more just because I like him yeah. so much. And I'll still check out just just to see him in interviews. He's just a fun guy yeah. to just see. And that's a dude who doesn't, who's not insecure. No, like, he's you not. From like Bruce Willis and stuff like that, they're definitely like, they have their insecurities and that's why they have to project this crap. And you're like, dude, grow up. Like, just chill out. Wear the mask. Yeah. Stop lecturing people on what, you know, what they should be. Get and, over it. You yeah. Know, like, Shove a toad up your butt and get over it, man. And if you're gonna be a dick about it, go. Don't don't lie when you get caught and act like, oh, I made uh-huh. a mistake. Because no one fucking believes you, dude. Unfortunately, yeah, there are a lot, lot more humbling. Oh, I was just saying, it would be a lot more humbling if he if he showed up and he was like, look, I I let my ego get in front of me, and that was shitty for me to do. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all you need to say. Even then, I I almost feel like you just shouldn't say anything because I don't believe him. <laughs> if he if he says he's not he, that good of an actor, I think he, I think he's gotten worse over over time. I think that happens to some people, like and even some people I like. Like I'm a big, uh, I, like everybody. I love Patrick Stewart, uh, and I think at for uh, there was a certain point where he was one of the best actors out there. I recently watched uh, Star Trek Picard, which was an enjoyable show to me, but like. You get a certain point, and he's, like, much older than Bruce Willis, but, like, I think once you reach a certain age, you can't be a great actor anymore, because I think it takes a certain men- amount of uh, of energy and mental facilities to do that, and when you're, like, 180, you're not quite there anymore. And maybe Bruce Willis has the brain of a 180-year-old. <laughs> That's why he can't make good decisions. I think it's, uh, some people can become, like, jaded, too. Yeah. I don't know about that Patrick Stewart. Every time I see him in an interview, he seems excited about every project. He seems he still seems very sharp, especially for how old yeah. he is. Uh, and as the, but, he's not like the worst actor ever, but he's just not quite mm-mm. as good as he used to be now. He, he, you've seen his peak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Bruce Willis, he doesn't seem to care. Like, I, I was, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan and stuff like that. And I know they had a big falling out. And a lot of it was just like, he just didn't care about the project they were working on. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard to engage someone like that. At that point, get an unknown. Get somebody who, who cause he was sort of an unknown when he started at, um, Die Hard. Like he, you know, he, he had was on t- like some TV show. Honeymooners or not Honeymooners. Uh, the, um, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. I, don't, I knew Moon was in the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, He's definitely gotten jaded. I was listening to, I, I, I've been listening to his podcast from, uh, like a daily podcast from 20, 2007, and they had Kevin Smith on. And this is just after uh, Die Hard 4. And he's like all excited. He's like, I, I just need to find the right project because I talked to Bruce Willis. And he says, you'd love to work with me. So I just got to find the right project to put him in. I'm like, oh, it's not going to work out when you do that. Because the first time I started noticing Bruce Willis was a dick was when he did that project cop out with him and was a horrible mm-hmm. person. And then um, another guy I listened to a podcast with, uh, his name's Ralph Garman. He has this show called The Ralph Report. You have to pay for You should pay for it. It's pretty good. Uh, he's an actor, and he was he was in a movie that Bruce Willis was supposed to be in because some of his friends were directors of that. 
And basically, uh, Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis, Ralph Garman was seeing his trailer all day, waiting to go film a scene. He was supposed to play a homeless guy. And he's just waiting there all day. He'd, already, he'd been sitting hours in makeup. He's just waiting for Bruce Willis to allow him to get on set. For some reason, Bruce Willis was just not coming out of his trailer. And then very, eventually the directors came in to talk to the guy who listened to podcasts for. He's like, yeah, he says uh, we're not going to shoot that scene because it's not going to be in the film. Uh, why does he think it's not going to be in the film? Because he says he's not going to shoot that film, so it's not that scene, so it's not going to be in there. And then so like, but like, we got a great other part for you. This one's going to be even better than the first one we offered you. Uh, you got you're going to have a comedic scene with you and Bruce Willis. It's going to be really great. It's like awesome. Okay, so he came back, did make up for this other character. Next day, waiting there for hours. The next day, like, oh, sorry, he says it's not going to make it into the film. So he's going against the directors, do whatever the fuck he wants. He's got way too big of an ego. So yeah, fuck Bruce Willis. Yeah. I think I think he'd be very happy if he was like, we need more action scenes because my stunt double can do all that. Yeah. And then I look like a badass. Yeah. It, it, and he also he has to stop doing interviews because he just comes across the dick in those as well. Like, mm. Did you see that one uh, where he was like doing an interview and then he's like, Talk about how he'd rather slit his wrists than be here. And then Mary Louise Parker oh. was doing an interview with him. It's like, he's just joking. But he's just being a dick. <laughs> but she was just uncomfortable by his reaction to how horrible it is to do. Inter- I wish I had to do fucking terrible interviews all day long. I'm in a warehouse killing myself to do some work. And all he has to do is make believe and then do some press. Where he gets to travel the fucking world. Mm-hmm. What a baby. And I get... I get the monotony of having to do the same thing. Like, oh man, watch friends repeat all day. But, you know, count your blessings. He's getting paid a lot. Shit ton of money to do this. Yeah. Well, they're going to pay me millions of dollars and have to do some interviews I don't want to do. You could, you could complain about with your friends later, but like, and I'm sure every actor on the set feels that way. That has to do these press junkets, but you, you suck it up and do your fucking job. All right, let's do one more story just because I think this is interesting. So you know how Disney's doing all these uh, live-action remakes? Most of them are mm-hmm. not that great. There's been one really good one. <laughs> That's about it. But anyways, I watched all of them whenever they come out. And I thought this was really good casting for their Peter Pan remake. They have cast their Smee, and it's going to be Jim Gaffigan is going to be playing live-action Smee. Uh I'm I'm still sore about that, Carl. I'm pissed that you bring that up. Because yes. you look like Smee? Jim Gaffigan snubbed me out for Smee. If I know it's a podcast, so you don't see what <laughs> yeah. I look like. But but ladies know if you got a thing for Bob Hoskins rocking the, the hook Smee, I'm your guy. I mean I'm upset. But I'm taken. That... I'm I'm getting married, so <laughs> you can look. I'm upset they didn't dig Bob Hoskins up. Because I don't think you can do better than him. But uh after him, and then you, then I think Jim Gaffigan's a great choice. But if you casted me, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between Bob Hoskins dugged up or me. You're like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, you look like a guy who's been dead for years. Yeah, right? With a decent beard. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm, I, this is the first I'm hearing about Jim Gaffigan being it. But yeah, I'm totally on board. But he seems so big. It's, it's, definitely it's a very like a, tall me. Yeah. I've always what, maybe what, just that's fine. I think it's I I've read the book and I don't remember them saying that Smee is really, really short. I think that's just mm-hmm. us going with what we've seen in Disney. 
But then again, it is a remake of a Disney thing done live action, so maybe you should follow it. Who cares? It's not that important. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh... I think I think it's more important that the comedic elements there than the yeah. statue. Yeah. Sorry, you don't get the part. You're perfect in every. It's like that uh, that uh, that <laughs> Simpsons thing, uh, where where Bart's trying not for Fog Boy, and you're just an inch. Too, you're just an inch too, too short. short. Yeah. This is he's just a little bit too tall. Um, what was the one good remake or uh, live action remake? Uh, the Jungle Book was fantastic. I love that one. I thought Mulan was going to be good because the trailers were fantastic and it looked like they were trying to, like a lot of these uh, remakes seem like shot for shot almost with maybe a few mm-hmm. small peaks, uh, tweaks, I mean, and th- those bore me because why am I watching this? I've already seen the animated movie or they're just fucking terrible like Aladdin. Uh, but Jungle Book added some depth to Shere Khan, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, and uh, they... They actually, in my opinion, the live action version is better than the cartoon. I think they added more to it that made it more of an interesting character piece than the old goofy Disney movie. So I definitely say watch that one. Mulan, I thought was going to do its own thing, and it sort of did, but it was stupid, so it didn't work. <laughs> she has these weird uh, uh, chi powers, which I was like, what the fuck is that? So I, I didn't really like that one that much. It's better than than like the shot for shot remakes. But it's still not good. So the only good one to check out is uh, is Jungle Book. Well, what I'm afraid of, because I keep hearing a lot of people didn't like the Mulan one. So what I'm afraid of is people, the you know, Disney's going to be like, oh, shit, we got to get back to the shot for shot then. We tried this gamble. Let's go back to the shot for shot. I, I hope they, I'm they sh- keep experimenting if they keep doing it. I'm shocked by the people that say they liked uh, the live action Aladdin more than the cartoon because i've seen that and i'm like you guys are bonkers there no none of the characters are interesting in that version aladdin mm-hmm. can't act uh the the songs were like they were they did the same songs but the the choreography didn't match with what they were doing like there's like one jump ahead like of the bad energy. guys but he's sitting he's sitting down when he's saying one jump so you're obviously not one jump ahead of the guys uh, the only thing I liked in that, in that remake was Jasmine. I thought she was fantastic. But then she had that weird song where she had, like, Thanos dust power. So I was like, what is this? Yeah, and they, they keep kind of doing this thing I, I, where she says, like, no more silencing me. I was like, you've told us you've been silenced, but the whole movie doesn't show us it. And then you know, she showed like, up to a, a congressional hearing with a censored uh, mask on. I was like, what the hell, Jasmine? <laughs> I think she did a great job. I think there were some fun ideas in it, but no matter what, when you make a live action, people are like, oh, you got to separate them. Like, but you don't. They, they literally said that it's a remake of yeah. something, so you can't help but compare it to this very vibrant, quick-witted original. Yeah, they, they use the same lines, but they didn't have the same energy. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I know everyone talks about Genie, and I think Will Smith did a, did a decent enough job, but, like, Robin Williams was huge in the character. But the thing I missed the most when I saw the remake was Jafar. I think Jafar is such a big, fun yes. character, and the way he he, uh, he delivers his lines are so, uh, like, giving you your reward, your eternal reward. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. It's, I love that line. And this is just, he's bland as fuck fuck and no energy like why 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 do i care about you 
so for you gave me a request for for Undertale. Okay. I have a uh, I have a or not request, but a recommendation. So I got a recommendation for you. Uh, Twisted. So it's on YouTube, and this group does different uh, sort of parodies of popular things. So they were really known for like a very Potter musical and stuff like that. They did one. It's supposed to be like Wicked. Mm-hmm. So the retelling of Wizard of Oz from the Wicked Witch's point of view, this is the retelling of Aladdin from Jafar's point of view. And it is really awesome. It made me even appreciate Jafar uh, even more. The untold st- story of a royal vizier? Yes. Okay, I uh, will save it to my watch later. Uh, that one's... And it, it just focuses on him. He's like... <laughs> people keep hating on him so much, it's just because he's ugly. Yeah. He's like, this isn't... This, just because you're all beautiful doesn't mean you're all like good or right, but and, it's it's spot on. It's great. And that so, was another problem with say, the remake. Is that the what? that was another problem with the remake? Like, I know a lot of girls that were crushing on Jafar. You gotta cast ugly for that. Yeah. But sorry, you were gonna yeah. say something. Well, I was gonna say, forget the the live action one. That one, yeah, I was I was looking forward to Guy Ritchie directing uh this this family movie because i i think trying to remember who was uh directed like uh lock stock in the house oh yeah oh oh, yeah he uh he did a a house of the clock in the walls you're talking about yes there we go okay uh that is eli roth yes and he did such a good job and i was like oh you went from this gritty yeah. thing to this kids movie. Yeah, for those of you who don't like, know, Eli Roth made Hostel and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and then he made House of the Clock in the Walls with Jack Black and some kid. It's a kids movie, and in my opinion, it's the only good movie Eli Roth ever made. Yeah, and the, I was kind of looking for, I was hoping for that kind of magic again with like, oh, you got Guy Ritchie who makes these very adult, you know, like uh, themed movies, more gritty. I'm kind of wondering what you get to like oh this is a family movie you know what do you get to like dive into with that but yeah it was just like this is kind of boring it's all low energy like that's the big thing like yeah he's flipping around everything but it just feels like he's there's no tension in it there's no like risk yeah i think uh my opinion is is that probably disney wouldn't let him do the things he wanted to do and unlike some directors uh that back out of the shit he's like it's disney it's gonna make a lot of money it's gonna be good for my career I'm going to fucking do it because like um, certain big properties are like that. Like uh, the, the the newest James Bond movie originally was going to be done by Danny Boyle, who in my opinion is the best director out there. Uh, but then MGM was like, no, you can't do the things you want to do. And he's like, fine, then I'm not going to do it. And they got a new director. But I don't think anyone, no, I don't think everyone's uh, has that sensibility. Not saying they're bad if they, if they, if they go against their plans, but uh, I respect it a lot. They go like, look, I don't need this. I got other movies. Yeah. I made some great shit in the past. I don't need you guys. I'm an Academy Award winner, Slumdog Millionaire. So fuck you guys. <laughs> I I do think that there is, like, it's almost like your reputation at this point. You, you got to protect it. So you're like, I want to do it like this. I'm like, you're not doing it like that. I think it, it's like, okay, well, yes, I'm getting paid. But then again, this is going to be out there with yeah. my name on it forever. 
But uh, apparently we're in the minority because so many people liked that movie. But so so who knows? But For uh, a lot? Oh. Yeah, 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 that was what very popular. We know? They're talking about making a sequel to that, which hopefully will be <laughs> Jafar the live action. Basically, yeah. Or maybe they'll skip but that and do the, the Prince of Thieves. They- I was gonna say they can't cast Will Smith, but then no. he's got to come back for the third one. Like, who would be a, a good Will Smith substitute, or is this gonna go into racist territory? What's <laughs> the black guy that looks like Will Smith? <laughs> I, I think I think you have to go with anyone who does a Will Smith impression. Okay, because that's what they did with. Oh yeah, you know. When I, was I think looking, you should just cast Dan Castellaneta. That'd be great. I, Sure, I butchered his name every time. But cast him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I couldn't tell the difference. As an adult, I can easily tell the difference. Like, he sounds like Homer sometimes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was like, I was like, oh, they got the same guy. I was like, no, no, that's the guy from Simpsons. Really? You can't tell. And now he's like, you know, asking for donuts and burping and shit. Uh, okay, let's get into our, our last segment. That's been the entertainment news. So the reason I had DJ on is not because I like him, but because his fa- he uh, his favorite movie of all time is The Blues Brothers. And I decided that uh, some of the things I'm going to start doing on the show is if there's a movie that's really huge that I have never seen, if I could find someone else that's a big fan of it, I'm going to have them on the show to discuss this film. So I've never seen The Blues Brothers, but DJ is his favorite movie of all time, right? Yes. So when did you first see The Blues Brothers? I was uh, 12. I was, my uncle asked me to babysit for him and his wife because they wanted to go out for the evening. I was like, cool. Uh, I got there and the baby was already asleep. He was like, yeah, easy day for you. Just watch whatever you want on TV. Help yourself to the fridge. We'll be back late. So I was like, okay. So he left and... I was like, oh, I'm going to look for a movie to watch. These are still cassettes, you know. Um, um, really VHSs. quick, before you go on, I just realized I should probably, in case somebody hasn't seen, hasn't, doesn't know what Blues Brothers is, because it's kind of old, uh, Blues Brothers is a SNL movie, basically, uh, about two brothers who play the blues. And it says uh, in the IMDb synopsis, Jake Blues, just released from prison, puts together his old band to save the Catholic home where he and his brother Elwood were raised. All right. Sorry. Continue. I just thought you should know what it is. Oh yeah, uh, that's fair. So, I uh, he's got like a little cabinet under his TV, and I open it up. And I'm looking, and I was like, I'm all alone. I'm gonna watch a rated R movie. <laughs> I'm Twelve years old. I'm gonna fucking put on whatever. No adult supervision. So I'm looking, and the only rated R movie that I found was The Blues Brothers. And I was like, oh, and I, I had seen some references to it in some cartoons and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to watch this. And my thought was every rated R movie was just a super gritty action movie. <laughs> you know, that's that's all rated R me. Sometimes you'd see some boobs or whatever. But I was like, that's why it's rated R, because this is just so intense. Um, and this, I'm, this is, of course, in the 90s. This is going on. Um, so action movies were a big thing in the 90s. So I was like, cool. And I... Put it on and I'm watching it and the first I want to say seven minutes of the movie there's no talking yeah it it's, could be an action very, film they're in a prison it's dark and serious it could definitely mm-hmm. be an action movie 
and it's just quiet. There's a, there's an aerial shot of Chicago and then goes into uh, the, the prison and everything. And it's just a slow thing. And then there's just like a quick joke. And I was like, oh, you know, you have Frank Oz in there kind of giving Jake all of his stuff back. And I'm midway through the movie. You know, I watched the rest of it. I was like, this is this is great. I, I've never heard of this before. Midway through, my uncle comes home. And I'm like, shit, because it's a long movie. And yeah, I did not it, time this out. I was not expecting that when I when I started watching the movie for it to be over two hours. Most comedies oh. are 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And my uncle comes home and I'm like, shit, I'm in trouble for watching a rated R movie. And his wife goes to bed and my uncle just, I'm like, just play it cool. And he plops down next to me and we watch the rest of the movie together and we're laughing out loud. It's great. And all I could think of is I know Dan Aykroyd. I don't know that chubby dude. Why isn't he doing more things? <laughs> um, and so <clears throat> it gets to the end and my uncle's like, Oh, I love this movie. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it again later. And I told him, do you want to rewind it and watch it now? And he's like, you, you want to, I was like, Yes, this movie is so great. I want to rewatch it immediately. Mind you, over two hours. Yeah. I spent, I spent about four and a half hours watching this movie. Uh, so we rewound it, watched it again. Um, and I just sort of became obsessed with it. And I wanted to know, like, who was that chubby dude? So I looked it up. I was like, oh, John Belushi. And I I heard about his story. I was like, oh, shoot. You know, like only got less than 10 years of fame really uh before you know only did seven movies it was on the original cast of saturday night live and then i was like oh and then started looking at the original cast of saturday night live i didn't know dan Aykroyd was originally on there i didn't know bill murray had started there i didn't know chevy chase started there and i was like oh my god i didn't know the history of saturday night live and then when i looked into that i started finding more things like oh national lampoon kind of inspired that and it got me into the history of comedy and like all these different avenues. And, uh, it, you know, like I know a lot of being a movie buff nowadays is a very common thing where people have this extensive knowledge, but it didn't occur to me that that could be a thing to have background knowledge of something. Well, you see yeah. something just there it is. Nowadays we have Netflix or all these streaming services. Like I don't have to try that hard to see. I think my, my, I, I've seen almost every, big movie there is out there I have a few gaps but like uh something that's iconic i've most likely seen it so yeah it's easy to do that nowadays because it's so easy to just go i'm gonna rent this it's right there mm -hmm. way better than when you had a blockbuster and you had whatever was there everything's out there pretty much yeah it's very accessible and digestible to yeah. just throw it on especially if you don't want to sit through an entire movie you can watch the best of scenes on a youtube clip show you yeah. know it's there's no real work, but like before I got into high school, I was looking at all this stuff. And then uh, I started wearing like suits, <laughs> you know, uh, not walking around like, like, uh, like I was, I was uh, in the band or anything, but <clears throat> I started wearing dress shirts and, and slacks. Well, at the time, everybody was wearing like those, oh God, what are those huge jeans called? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, Early 90s. Uh, I don't know. I was never fashion oh, conscious. Yeah, they were like they were like massive jeans and and baggy shirts and everything. That was really big. And I was everybody would think I was a teacher at school. <laughs> you already had the beard and were balding. 
right? Oh man, but uh, so it like influenced my style in a sense because I was like, oh, I want to dress a bit more dapper. Um, <clears throat> I wanted. I learned about Second City, and then in parallel, I learned about the Groundlings. So, but this movie is what opened it all up, and then all these influences and everything. It's it's so well crafted without seeming like it's trying hard at the same time. Wow, you took, like, I had questions I was going to ask you to, like, delve more into this. I asked you one question, and you answered all my questions. So, perfect. Good. This is the easiest (laughs) fucking interview ever. All right, so let me tell you what I liked about this movie. Mm -hmm. I thought the music was fantastic. I loved the music. I did not expect it to be a full-blown, pretty much just a regular musical. Because, like, yeah, there are, like, stage parts where they're singing. But there's also, like, when they went to pick up their bandmate, and his wife broke out into the song. I think it was a famous singer. I'm blanking on Aretha what. Franklin. I, okay, I didn't want to say that name and be like, no, it was Etta James. Picked the wrong one. I thought it was her. Uh, her song was fantastic. And it was just a random song in the middle of the, mm-hmm. the movie that I was not expecting. Uh, I loved, loved, loved movie music. Uh, Cab Calloway did uh, Minnie the Moocher. I love that song. I think his is like the definitive version of that. That's all I liked about the movie. Just the music. Really? Hated oh, it man. with a passion. Let me explain to you why it's not a good movie. Because I have a segment on this show called uh, Houses is, is a Classic, which I could have easily right. have done with this movie. Um, the characters are one note. The Blues Brothers especially. They are just cool blues guys getting into these weird situations. They don't react to anything. Carrie Fisher is chasing after them, trying to fucking kill them the entire time. She blows up their building and they dust themselves off and they go on. That's not funny. You gotta react. That's hilarious. It's not funny. It's, it's deadpan. No, it, it's literally deadpan comedy. There's a whole genre dedicated yes, to deadpan There is great deadpan comedy to fit the situation. It doesn't fit that situation. They are one oh, note. They are exactly the same as like a Napoleon Dynamite, which is another reason I don't like that movie. Because it's just one note throughout the entire time. Uh, oh man, what you're describing, if, if you haven't seen this, it's great. They're asleep in their apartment upstairs. Carrie Fisher is, you don't know why, but she keeps trying to kill Jake. He got out of prison. She just keeps hunting him down. She pulls out a, a rocket launcher and blows up the entire building. They fall through tons of built bricks all over them. They get up, dust themselves off, and Elwood just looks at his watch. He's like, oh man, I'm late for work. And then they just leave. That it's they're they're so boring. Like at least what I think of comedy, like my favorite comedy of all time, is the jerk. But what makes that work is he's not one note. He's all over the place, and it, the thing that works is his reactions to things. These guys don't have any reaction whatsoever. The plot just happens around them. They don't react to it. You they barely feel motivated by what they're trying to do. They're just doing it because the, t- the plot tells them to do it. Uh, I didn't laugh uh, once. I laughed more in Napoleon Dynamite. Because I, I, I laughed at that stupid line, your mom goes to college. At least they made me laugh once. There was nothing in this movie. Look, like, I did not want to, uh, I had to give this movie my full attention. So I put my phone in the other room because I, it was tempting to, to stop paying attention to this way too long movie where nothing interesting happens. Except for the music. The music was one I would perk up. I love their cover of Rawhide. I love the musical numbers, everything in that. There was not a single moment in that movie that made me even come close to thinking maybe someday I might laugh. This this movie for me was a masterpiece because it's 
it's the most dry slapstick. It's so because usually it's one or the other for slapstick. It's either it, like it's got to be wacky, or if it's deadpan, it's got to be very dry wit. But this was a combination of ridiculous things happening, like the car chases. The car chase is just interesting. They're so um, boring. But also comedic. They're, okay, you brought the car chase. So let me bring up why I hated the car chase. So they're going. There's two car chases. Okay, like, true. Whatever. Fuck. They all merged together. It's been a week since I saw this movie. So they're driving through a mall in one of them. And one of the funny bits is they'd point out like, oh, hey, there's that store. Hey, there's that store. It went on for like five minutes with them just naming stores. That's not funny. No, it's it's great because that, that moment when they're pointing things out, that's the few time you're getting a reaction from them. Like, oh, look, the new imports are in. And they're like interested as they're being chased by cops through a mall. Oh, it's... Yeah, I I remember with Kelsey, I was like, this is my favorite movie. And she was like, I want to watch it. I'm, I'm not really one of those guys who pushes, like, this is my favorite thing. You got to watch it. Um, but Kelsey and I, uh, my fiance, we have very similar tastes in uh, entertainment. And let me just Rarely say, you and I disagree all the fucking time. Oh, and, yeah. By oh, the way, yeah. let me just say, um, I didn't have you on here to insult your favorite movie. I'm just giving you... Like, that was not my intention. I intended to enjoy the movie. I just didn't like it. Like, I don't want you to That's think I... That's Because with Alex, I had Alex on to, for a movie that I uh, that I hated, and I knew he loved, and to attack him for that. That was not the intention of this segment. I just really hated it. So, my, my thoughts on, like, oh, we disagree, is the pineapple on pizza theory. I love pineapple on pizza. I fucking hate pineapple on pizza. That's great. I can buy an entire pizza offer like I want to share. Like, oh, would you like some? I don't like pineapple. Oh, that means I get to eat this entire pizza by myself. Oh, nuts. That The, the more for me. I'm happy to go against the, any of the grain. But actually, a lot of people do like the Blues Brothers, so I do have to still share it. But I'm, it doesn't bother me. A theory uh, I have with movies like this there were movies had a different kind of style back then. Although I use the jerk as an example. I think that's older than blues brothers. I think you have to catch them at a certain time in your life. Or they don't translate. I feel like the blues brothers, if my, maybe I saw it when I was younger, I would have liked it. Or maybe if I saw it at the time, but compared to, uh, to entertainment nowadays, I don't think it holds up. Oh man. Like Kelsey, like I said, when we sat down to watch it, she was like, I want to see it. She saw it. She was like, it's just not for me. It's just not. I was like, oh, all right, that's fine. It's rare that we disagree on something. And then uh, we were flipping through the channels and the Blues Brothers was on and it had just started. I was like, oh, I just want to see this this bit, this joke that's coming up. So there Kelsey's were jokes? sitting there and watching it. Hmm? Never mind. I did oh. a bad joke about oh, the yeah. fact that there weren't oh, jokes. Yeah. That was a joke? Yeah. Yeah, see, see. Biden, Biden's letting this go. <clears throat> Biden's letting this happen. Right? So uh, Kelsey watches the next one, and then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it. She's like, well, hold on. I, I want to check out more. So that second time watching, she was just like, I don't know what it is. That one clicked with me. Like, that was a great movie. I'm not saying you have to watch it twice. Never, it's just, ever. <clears throat> no. Not, you can't make oh, me. Oh, it's, it's so well-crafted. Like, if you're listening, you're like, I don't know who who to trust on this one. Um, trust it's lasted this long for a reason. It's uh, It was the first Saturday Night Live live action 
movie. That should be something that scares yeah. you, though, because Saturday Night Live does not have a good track record. In my opinion, the they don't have a good movie in them. And I'm including Wayne's you don't World. Like Wayne's World? I'm including oh. Wayne's World. They don't have a good movie in them. Because here's the problem with sketch characters made into movies. One note can work for five minutes. One note cannot carry a 90-minute, or in this case, two-hour-plus movie. Because they're just not interesting enough. It's stretched too thin. You have to develop more into it. And they don't have that, they don't do that. Or when they do do that, it doesn't fit, it doesn't ring true with the character anymore. Well, what's funny is the uh, the bit on Saturday Night Live, they they didn't, it wasn't like a sketch. They just performed blues. Uh. They just played as a band. And they would just be deadpan and take on these these characters. So it wasn't really a full sketch. There wasn't okay. like a bit to it. So I could definitely see that. I'm, I still love Wayne's World. Yeah, he's like the one type of character, but I don't think he's one note. He's well, they had know, to, they, World, like I said, they had on. to they had to change him for the movie to be more than he was on the on the sketch show. I say it's either that or the other. And that being said, I don't find Wayne in the SNL funny at all either. I only really like one oh. one character that Mike Myers does, and that's Austin Powers. Oh no, and Church yeah, Lady. Church Lady's great. Church Lady's hilarious. What? Church Lady. Oh. Give you a topic. Uh, church Lady would be hit and miss, but oh, she's fun. Whatever. I know a lot of people like her. I think Dean Carr uh, uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Oh yeah, am I getting them mixed up with it? Was Mike Myers not Church Lady? Is that Dana Carvey? No, that was Dana Carvey. Oh, well, that's still funny. That so was then, my, then, uh, then, yeah, I know who Dana Carvey is. I just forgot. It's been so long since I watched that sketch. I, I could have sworn that, but maybe wrong. Whatever. I trust you because you're an SNL expert, and I only watched. I used to watch it when they put it on Comedy Central. I used to watch the reruns on there. But uh, mm -hmm. from that time, that's the only time I really watched that era of SNL. You, like, collect the DVD box sets back when people did that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had the, the first uh, five seasons and all the best ofs and stuff like that. Um, like I said, this movie got me obsessed with it. And I will say, SNL, it's better in retrospect when they do the clips like this is the best of but like sitting through and watching it it's it's a bit more hard of a watch yeah but i find even like uh like everyone goes like the snl's not good anymore if you pick and choose on youtube like the popular ones they got some great stuff they have a pretty strong cast nowadays it's just when you sit down and watch it because i was excited they, they've had a few people on recently that i've liked i'm like oh i'm gonna check this out and just sitting down there and watching it i can't make it through an episode but on youtube hilarious uh, I, I know, because there's always like one where like, oh man, this sketch is too long, but I know they're stretching it for time, or this one just kind of didn't hit the mark, and it's a bit awkward now. Uh, but one of the episodes, I was like, this, every sketch was great. Everything was brilliant. It was last year's one that was hosted by Eddie Murphy. I never I got around to it. I intended to, and then I never watched it. That one's great. Because I remember I was like, oh, this Eddie Murphy sketch. And I watched just different sketches with him. And I was like, I want to sit down and watch the episode. Because every single one that I had seen was great. And then I watched the episode. I was like, I already watched every single sketch individually. And then I just rewatched them in order. And it's, it's great. Uh, really well crafted. But yeah, definitely when you're when you're watching SNL, whenever they say like, oh, this, this current run isn't that good. Well, that's because you're kind of remembering the best episodes. Yeah. You're editing it in your head. But, like, I recently tried, uh, like, because one, one of the speed bumps for me in SNL is the musical guest. 90% of the time, more, maybe more than that, I don't like the musical guest. But they had mm -hmm. on uh, uh, 
a celebrity that I liked as the host, and they had a musical guest that I actually really liked. So I was like, okay, this is the one. I'm going to sit through it. Couldn't make it. Couldn't even make it to the musical guest's first performance. But uh, I, like I said, I still enjoy it. I watched it on YouTube, all, all the clips on YouTube all the fucking time. They got a great cast, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I always love Weekend Update. I don't like the new guys. I guess oh, they're not man, new they're anymore. Hilarious. I guess they're not... I really liked Che when he was he was on Daily Show for like two months and then he left it to mm. do a weekend update. When he was on Daily Show, I liked him a lot. And then I watched uh I've only watched it a couple times to be fair. When I watched it on online of his stuff on SNL, it didn't work for me. My favorite bit is every year they do uh they they'll write jokes for each other and they don't get to read them until they're live on TV. I was like, oh that's such a great concept. That's a great you can idea. Write whatever you want. That's a great idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we talked about everything that uh, we were meant to talk about today. So uh, thank you, DJ, so much for doing this show. Thanks for having me. Uh, give out your uh, your plugs for uh, what you, you're, you're on here to advertise uh, before we end the show. One more time. Uh, yeah. Um, follow me. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook as well as Instagram. It's oh, hey, Illustrations, um, And with an underscore... So it's oh hey underscore illustrations on Instagram, oh hey illustrations on Facebook. You can follow stuff on there, and then if you look up oh hey illustrations on YouTube, you can find the new interview video sketch thing that people have called a podcast and do that. But I I feel bad that you can't listen to it on any platform that offers podcasts. <laughs> All right, and uh, for uh, those of you listening to this show, please, please, please. Rate us and review us on iTunes. As of this moment that I'm recording this, there are still no reviews on there. I uh, trashed my old uh, my old podcast, which had some, and have not gotten any new reviews since I started up this one. I could use it. I have some friends that say they listen, but have not left a review. So what what, what the fuck's going on? I might have left a review on your podcast. Um, ask ask the audience a question that they have to answer. Through the reviews, something that they can only answer, they, they can only ask. Well, the, I, you're asking them to li- to listen and remember something when they do a review. I just want them to review. Yeah, re- uh, review this, guys. R- write whether I was right or Carl was right about well, the Blues Brothers. Do that on there, and, or also bring it up on our Facebook page, Unlicensed Entertainment on Facebook. Tell us uh, was Blues Brothers good or bad, and also who had the better proposal. Maybe some people like yeah. my idea better. Uh, just get in, interactive with us. I love it when I get comments. I get them very rarely. I realize I'm doing the show for about five people with hope someday that we will get to six. Uh, but <laughs> And also, like I said in uh, the last couple of shows, the numbers matter. Right now, I don't have that many people listening, but you can always go on someone else's device and subscribe on there so we get more numbers. So do that for me, please. So this has been Unlicensed Entertainment. DJ, thank you for being here. I am your thank host. You I am your host, Carl Ender. And remember, for entertainment news, two weeks late, come to Unlicensed Entertainment.